Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very excited to be with you. Again, finally. Fantastic. It's glad to be back. I'm I'm still overcoming a little bit of a a, a non-China virus, non-Wuhan flu cold. Um, I tested negative for the Wuhan flu. Probably the regular flu, which I thought they were the same thing. Apparently not. That's what, that's what the experts tell us, the medical experts. But we are back here on the air, very excited to be with you all today, um, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, listening live, however you may be tuning in. Some breaking news, pretty much as we start the the show tonight, J.D. Vance, the senator from Ohio, or the upcoming senator from Ohio, is pushing for a ban of a, adult content, adult films, I, I believe you all know what I'm talking about, without explicitly mentioning it, um, pornography. Uh, 2022 has been one of the best and worst years to be a star, according to the Daily Beast. Um, white well, right-wing evangelical Layla Micklewaite teamed up with billionaire Bill Ackman to demand credit card companies stop processing payments on P-Hub. That's what I'm going to say there. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance said he wants to ban adult films nationwide. And they say there's no legal basis for this, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this today because we have a lot to get to. We miss a lot, and this isn't the most important news, but I want to mention it. Um, Roth v. United States was a case in what's what 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 um 1957 that clarified what was uh considered under the First Amendment. Um, obscene material is not. So there's no need to protect obscene material under the Constitution based on this ruling, and if they, they re-decide that and they change their mind, that's what that is. But currently, right now, 
The, the, the First Amendment does not protect obscene speech, according to Rothby U.S. So that's that there. Um, congratulations, J.D. Vance. I'm proud of you. And that article will be linked in the show notes below if you want to finish reading it. But um, congratulations, J.D. Vance. I support that move, and I wish you the best of luck getting it passed in a very partisan time where you need 51 votes in the Senate. I don't believe Republicans will buy onto that. I don't believe it'd be very um, fitting for most Republicans based on what they like on Twitter and what they propose. Uh, I don't think they should share that and support that. They might be personally at um, fault with that. But anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you'd like to support the program, our Patreon link is patreon.com slash GOP Josh. Doing more real life action than me is our great, great president and CEO, uh, Samuel McGuire, who hosts the Samuel McGuire show on the same network um, on Red Future Radio. He was at the state school board today in Ohio. Uh, You can hear that on the Ohio channel. We'll be trying to bring the clip on. If it gets published before the end of the show today, we'll play his testimony, but I don't believe it will be. I believe it's going to take a couple of days to be uploaded to the Ohio channel of his testimony and the recording of today's testimony, but he did that today. I'm very proud of him. Um, the people here at Red Future very like, oh, it is published, so during the break, we'll, we'll get that for you all. But um, yeah, he was there today, so make sure you listen to his program, The Samuel McGuire Show. I'm sure he'll go over that on his next episode. Very proud of him and the work he's doing with Red Future Radio. God is leading him in a fantastic way and using him in a fantastic way. And I couldn't be more proud to be his friend and his business colleague. Um, He's a great man. And I'm very proud of him for standing up for what matters. Um, Ted Cruz's daughter, this is old news now, um, might have contemplated suicide and tried to commit it. I want to just say really quickly, we're praying for uh, Ted Cruz in this obviously personal matter. I don't like the way the media trounced on this and started talking about how, well, Ted Cruz might retire. Um, I just think that's stupid. And so I'm, I'm praying for his family, protecting. I hope God looks over them. We're praying for him and um, his family and his personal matter. It's not a political matter. It's a personal matter. That's a lot of the news we missed over the, the past uh, few days, about a week since the last program. But I don't think you all want to hear me in the microphone like this for, for an hour. I don't think you'd like that. So we're still overcoming it a little bit, but we are alive. We are here on the Red Future Radio Network. Uh, The Democratic Party took a 51-49 majority in the United States Senate. Raphael Warnock defeating Herschel Walker because the Republican Party hated Herschel Walker and would not go out and support Herschel Walker. And this is where I have a call to action, which is something I'm told in in the industry. You shouldn't tell your listeners to do anything. I'm telling you guys to do something. HireHarmeet.com has contact information for every member of the state, or I'm sorry, your, your state representatives of the RNC. HireHarmeet.com, put together by Scott Pressler, a great patriot. You can uh, email them by clicking on a button, and I believe it will automatically populate. Yeah, you can go take action now, click on that button there, it'll put in your state, I believe, put in your message, and it will email them. Um, you can also go through and just find your people. You can find their Twitter page, their state office address, their email address. So like uh, Ohio, Bob at OhioGOP.org, J.A. Davidson at Ameritech.net, and Jim2 at uh, D-I-C-K-E.com. Those are our state for here in Ohio, uh, their contact information. If you guys want some more contact information for them, including phone numbers, I have that. So just email me, josh at GOPjosh.com. We'll send that out to credible people. 
not sharing that to everyone, but we will put it out there for those who are going to use the information politely, correctly, and actually contact these people for what matters, which is the state of Ohio and protecting the country. So we will, um, we have that here at Red Future. We have that, or Red Future Radio, we have that. So, <laughs> um, and there goes something off my desk. This is live radio, folks. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it was my phone. Great. So, ohioharmeet.com is where you can find, I'll link that in the show notes below, uh, the podcast. Um, ohioharmeet.com is where you can find your state representative and your uh, member of the RNC and to get them to support Harmeet Dillon for chair. She has my complete and total endorsement. No one else credible is running. Mike Lindell will not get a vote. Unfortunately, Hire Hermit has the chance. Um, Mike Lindell does not. All right. That's a lot of the news we missed over the past few days. Um, Lee Zeldin said he's not going to be running for chair. Un- um, unfortunately, I wish he would. I believe he'd have a good shot, or at least a co-chair position with Harmeet Dillon, but I heard on the Steak for Breakfast podcast, MyPillow.com, use code STEAK, that um, Lee Zeldin might be waiting for a DeSantis 2024 run announcement, and then he's supposed to be on the re-election team or something like that, or the election team or something like that. So that's why he's not running for chair, so we will see there. But I like Lee Zeldin. I think Lee Zeldin could win. I think he'd be a good chair. He'd be able to connect with the people, but he, he said he's making tons and tons of phone calls. He believes it is pre-baked. I believe thinking something is pre-baked is not the reason to say, we quit. Just because you think there's not a chance doesn't mean you don't put your name out there. You don't know whose mind you could change. How many emails could change someone's mind? It's not all cocktail parties. I mean, that's all the Republican Party is, but it shouldn't be. Um, I, I think they'd have a chance. He'd have a chance. So we're going to go to the break a little early today so I can get this clip for y'all of Samuel McGuire at the State Board of Education in Ohio. GOP Josh, Red Future Radio Network, right back after this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening after the long, long hiatus. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey, everyone, it's GOP Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Future Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the conservative crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. Thank you for being here. Um, By the time we get to the third segment, we should have that clip of Samuel McGuire at the state school board ready for you. We'll have that in the third segment for you here on The Conservative Crusader. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. So Twitter has done a lot of file drops lately where they've been saying, and our our phone number today is 57-GOP-757-4-675-6747 to call into the program. So Twitter files have been dropping lately where they have a segment uh, and segment and segment of of these files releasing saying, well, this is what we did in terms of censorship, right? One of these things they did a lot of is blacklisting conservative talk hosts and conservative people in the media. And they admitted to it the other night. Now, there's been a lot of drops of these things saying, well, they did this, they did this, they did this. 
But I believe this one is the most important. They're not a government agent. They're not a person who is involved in the government outside of just giving their opinion on the air. And they were taken down and silenced. So Charlie Kirk, Dan Bongino were both two people taken down massively and uh, put with do not amplify uh, tags and uh, the same tags they put on uh, NSFW, if you know what that means, uh, accounts. With search blacklist, do not amplify, do not put this guy out there. Um, they uh, did the same thing with libs of TikTok, right, if you know that account, um, where all they did was replay TikToks. They had a notification spike. They were blacklisted from trends. They had they had they said they had the abuse. They said they had multiple accounts. They were high profile, obviously. They had the NSFW view. All they did was put out content saying, this is what libs are doing on TikTok. That's all they did. But I want to point out something more important in this. Uh, this screenshot, which is uh, clip se- 16 of the... Uh, let's see here, which which drop was this? Uh, part 2. If you look here, it says there is a direct messages button on this page. They can see interactions, they can see lists, they can see the phone number, the email account. Direct messages is what I find important. Why can Twitter activate a button to see your direct messages? Your private, personal messages sent to your account should be private and personal. That's what makes a place like Telegram, a place like um, Signal, different than those that are... um, like Twitter and Instagram, is they are encrypted. They are no one outside of the chat can see what is in the chat. Right, That's what makes them so different and so special and why people use them is because they are so secure. Twitter owns Signal. There is no reason Signal, I believe they own Signal, don't they? Um, There is no reason why whatsoever we should have this problem where you can see direct messages uh, as a employee of Twitter. That is not your business. Those are private messages. Uh, I believe, at least. And uh, does Twitter own uh, Signal? Let's see here. Um, Let's see here. Nope, it does not say they do. I I thought they did. I'm sorry. So we needed to integrate a private account management system with Twitter to stop this leaking of DMs by people on the back end. Just because you're entrusted with the back end of a social media platform does not mean you deserve special treatment in being able to access people's information. So we do have that clip of Samuel McGuire at the school board. It'll be ready in just a second. I believe it's a very important clip, very important for our country that Mr. McGuire, our good friend, good friend of the show, is um, publicized and at this event. Should be here in just a second. I'm just stalling right now because I want to play this clip before we get too far into the program where we won't be able to, we won't have time to. So let's get this here uh, brought up on screen, and let's play a clip. It's about three minutes long. The next speaker is Samuel McGuire. Good afternoon. Welcome, and you have three minutes. Thank you, President McGuire and the Ohio State Board of Education for allowing me the opportunity to testify. My name is Samuel McGuire, and I'm a resident of Defiance, Ohio. 
Uh, Frederick, Frederick Douglass was a slave who learned to read, got his freedom, and went to be a writer, a reformer, statesman, a newspaper publisher, the first black U.S. marshal, held governmental positions appointed by Presidents Hayes, Garfield, Harrison. President Lincoln conferred with him three times. I bring him up today because he is quoted as saying, reading is the path to freedom. His story is a life of struggles with a society that deemed him to be less than. Through determination and the ability to read, he became an overcomer and a role model for all races. <clears throat> now let's look at the product of education in the U.S. today. The New York Times in October of 2022 reported that Ohio's eighth grade students are 33% proficient in reading. These are failing statistics. Children are being run through an education system that is focused on CRT, SEL, or comprehensive sex education rather than reading, writing, and math. When, are they, when they are taught what to think and not how to think, they are not only being robbed of an education, but they are being bullied and manipulated by a system that is supposed to be educating them. This Title IX edict is a shiny object that distracts from the real challenge. Children are being groomed. What is promoted, increase, is, what is promoted increases. By the SCL and comprehensive sexual education starting in kindergarten, they're only being, they're only being challenged to make gender choices and pressured to use groom, grooming pronouns when it is not age appropriate. But they, have developed, they haven't even de developed discernment yet before they can get a job and even vote, drive. They're supposed to be enjoying the innocence of being a child. They are being pressured to make decisions about their gender. Title IX also emphasizes a strategy of giving schools the go-ahead to deny parents the knowledge that such an age-inappropriate decision is being made. And who pays when the child goes, grows up and realizes that it was a decision before its time? Is the school there to work with the child through the regrets, to take the responsibility for depression or suicide? We've heard suicide a lot in this testimony. A slave who learned to read and went to become a statesman. In your decision making regarding Ohio's education, are you looking to make modern day slaves of the government out of children who can't read and can't get ahead of themselves or are you looking to make productive citizens who can determine their own destiny and adjust to personal decisions that their life chooses to require to them, to requires them to make, excuse me. I encourage you to vote yes on this amendment. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That, my friends, is, is the president of the Red Future Radio Network, someone I'm proud to know, proud to work with. Thank you, Sam, for fighting for the education and the true education of our young folks here in Ohio. Um, I'm in the Ohio education system. I know part of it's very corrupt. So um, great, great job, Sam. I'm very proud of you here at Red Future Radio. We should give you a bonus or something like we, like we pay. <laughs> so that is the uh, Samuel McGuire clip from the Samuel McGuire show with him at the school board meeting. I wanted to play that before we get too far into the episode. Um, I want to get back to these Twitter files really quick, though. Um, so, so the secret blacklist was the second portion of this. They're on portion five now. And portion five actually took place today, well, uh, today during the day, where they removed Trump from Twitter. And I want to read through part of this. The, the, the third tweet. For all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. That was the entire tweet. They said that it doesn't matter because if it's censorship because it's not from the government. They said that in their internal messages here. There is a lot of employee advocacy happening here. 
a Twitter employee said. We have to do the right thing and ban this account, said one staffer, and all the names were redacted. 300 um, employees signed onto a letter on January 8th and, Dors- and telling the Jack Dorothy, Dorsey, I'm sorry, to ban this account because Biden said it was an insurrection. Another staffer agreed they don't see the enticement angle here about fear, what they could do to entice fear, um, saying there was, there was, there was fear or whatever and enticement of, of violence in the tweet. And if we go back here, I believe there's a tweet here that says they don't care if it's an insurrection tweet. They don't care if it's directly inciting something. All they care about is that Trump is banned. So let, let me find this here. People are not crying it, right? Um, people are happy. This is the Slack message. At here, so, uh, pinging everyone that's in there. Team DJT is suspended. OMG, explanation points. Ah, well, this feels like a piece of history. It is. Saw the message. Thank you, everyone, for your impactful work this week, for the discussion, and for the drafting of the, all these conflict assessments. I am very proud to work and learn from you every day. Wishing you a good weekend. Big props to whoever is in trust and safety is sitting there whack a mole these Trump accounts. Don Jr.'s account needs to be locked, too. They said, um... Very excited to see us handling more categories of misinformation. For the longest time, Twitter's chance was that we weren't the arbiter of truth, which I respected but never gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling. That said, my dad is an MD, to give context, and medical misinformation is a really hard topic. Even for COVID-19, we only covered a narrow category of of information. Um, As an example of take vitamin C, vitamin D, elderberry, and xylitol with GSD daily to reduce COVID-19 risk, good information, clever marketing, or misinformation... So they're, they're censoring COVID misinformation now. And all it is is about taking down Donald Trump. And everything they wanted to do is take down Donald Trump. Everything they wanted to do is take down Donald Trump. These people are ecstatic to take down Donald Trump. I'm trying to find the tweet. The, the tweet here that mentions how they don't care if it was actually violence. They don't care if it was actually incitement. Pardon me. All they care about is that they ban Donald Trump. I can't find it here, of course, now. I remember seeing the tweet. Here. Here it is. Uh, number 18. Just dropping in to say he tweeted again, but it's a clear no vio, no violation. It's just to say he's not attending the inauguration. People might be saying that this is proof that he doesn't support a peaceful transition. To understand Twitter's decision to ban Trump, we must consider how Twitter deals with other heads of states and political leaders, including in Iran, Nigeria, and Ethiopia. People saying that Israel is a cancerous tumor in the West was not taken down or banned. Someone telling everyone uh, Muslims have a right to be angry and kill millions of French people deleted the tweet, but he remains on the platform. Pro-violence tweets from many heads of states stay on the platform. Donald Trump said he's not attending the inauguration and he gets banned. That's their third strike. Remember that when these people say, we just want civil conversation. Remember that when people say, we just want freedom of speech. Remember that. They took down your president and any American's president. Every single American's president because, well, he said he's not intending the inauguration. Oh, no, he's inciting violence. Stupid people. Stupid activists in these politicians, in these positions that have no reason to be there. No reason an activist 
should be in that position. Ever. At all. It's disgusting behavior, and I'm glad they're gone. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Thank you for being here. Got a clip today of a Midwest Democrat senator, if I can turn the music down there from the break. A Midwest Democrat senator that is not committing to running for re-election, but I want you to hear what he said about the Democratic Party when it comes to 2022 messaging in rural America. Uh, play cut three. I want to talk to you a little bit about the midterms overall. Um, I've had you on here to talk about yes. Democrats and rural voters. i got to show you this number. You know, when you were yep. last up for re-election, Democrats didn't get clobbered in rural America. In 2018, they, they got 42% of the vote. Republicans got 56%. That is a competitive landscape. It's why you won re-election. In 2022, a year that Democrats are claiming was a pretty good year, the split in rural America, Senator, 63-34. Democrats got clobbered in rural America. They only lucked out that turnout in rural America wasn't that great. Um, what's got to change here? We got to focus our message more on the things we're doing for rural America. Um, I'll give you a prime example. I've got a couple bills that deal with big packers and meat consolidation and how the market, I believe, is totally manipulated. And and if we can get those bills through, it'll allow for folks that are cow-calf operators to be able to make a living. If we're able to do that this Congress, Democrats will have done that, and hopefully there will be Republicans, and I'm sure there will be, as a matter of fact, because we've got Chuck Grassley on board and others, mm -hmm. to get some of these bills across the line. And, and But we need to talk about it, and, and we don't talk about near enough. The infrastructure package is a prime example. Mm -hmm. It's going to help rural America big time when it comes to broadband and, and electrical distribution and, and roads and bridges. We didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it from a rural perspective. It has to be a concentrated effort, and we are very bad uh, at message, and we need to work at that and get that message out to rural America so rural America knows who's fighting for them. And and I think it's across the board. And, uh, uh, and if we're able to do that and do that effectively, Chuck, uh, you'll see those numbers change. That's the clip from NBC News of John Dester. The Democrat senator from Montana, I believe. Montana. One of the only Democrats to be elected in that state in a long time and probably will be the last Democrat elected in that state for a long time. He has the mansion sort of legacy. But Tester, John Tester, the only Democrat that can win, hold on to that seat. He is currently, at the, at the time of recording and, and publishing, 66 years old. And he will not commit to running for re-election in 2024. This is from The Hill. John Tester on Sunday indicated he had not yet decided whether he will run for re-election, but expressed confidence he could pull off a win. If I decide to run this thing, and it'll be a discussion that I have with my family over the holidays because it's a big undertaking. Pardon me, I feel good about my chances, Tester told NBC's Chuck Todd during an appearance on Meet the Press. People are going to come after me. Tester, who would be one of the most vulnerable Democratic incumbents, or Democrats if he runs in two years, added they've come after me in the past, but that's politics, and we will get through it, and hopefully we'll be successful come November of 2024. Democrats won a 51-49 majority. Uh, we'll talk about the other part of that st uh, story later. Um, 
Trump won Montana by 16 percentage points in 2020 and four points, 20 points four years earlier. So this is um, interesting. Montana, along with Ohio in some instances, have, have supported a Democrat for Senate over the Republican when they supported the Republican for president, for house, for, for a governor on the same ticket. I believe that is different with the Trump effect. And I know people are going to say, well, Josh, you're obviously saying that because you like Trump. Obviously, I do like Trump. He is my man. He is the, the only person that can win 2024. But you can't tell me that George Bush had the same down-ballot pull as Donald Trump. That John McCain had the same down-ballot pull or Mitt Romney had the same down-ballot pull as Donald Trump. Donald Trump got a lot of House candidates and Senate candidates over the line in 2020. Same thing in 2016. That's why he was able to, able to could have been able to get so much done in 2018, before 2018, because he pulled so many people across the line. I don't believe, unless we nominated someone like J.D. Vance, who doesn't campaign, that Sherrod Brown will not lose in 2024. He's going to lose. I don't believe that John Tester is going to win unless we nominate someone that campaigns like J.D. Vance. I don't know Minnesota politics or Montana politics that well, but I know that John Tester's weak, and I know that Sherrod Brown is weak. We've got to go in for the kill, metaphorically. Don't, don't censure me from, from Congress because I'm making a metaphorical statement. We have to go in for the finish and get them out of Congress, get them out of the Senate. Metaphorically speaking, of course. And we can do that. Republicans can do that. We've got the power. We've got the, the ammo. ammo. Got to use it. Putting Donald Trump on the ballot with Sherrod Brown is going to knock Sherrod Brown out. If Vance had been on the ballot with Donald Trump, I believe we would have done three points better. Frankly speaking, he would have gotten 10. It would have been one by 10. Trump's going to win Ohio by eight or more in 2024 unless they, he run, runs against Tulsi Gabbard. And I know it's not going to happen. But we know Tulsi Gabbard left the Democratic Party. I also want to talk about someone else that left the Democratic Party. Kirsten Cinema, the Democrat from Arizona, has left the Democratic Party. She wrote an op-ed about it. She delivered a speech about voting rights and changing filibuster rules on the House floor at this one point. I guess that's not the clip I was looking for. Um, there's a disconnect between what everyday Americans want and deserve from our politics and what political parties are offering. I am privileged to represent Arizonans of all backgrounds and beliefs in the U.S. Senate and honored to travel every corner of our state listening to your concerns and ideas. While Arizonans don't agree on the issues, uh, don't all agree on the issues, we are united in our values of hard work, common sense, and independence. We make our own decisions, use our own judgment, and lived experiences to form our beliefs. We don't line up to do what we're told, automatically subscribe to whatever position in the political par uh, parties dictate, or view every issue through labels that divide us. Each day, Arizonans wake up, work, and live alongside people with different views and experiences, usually without even thinking about partisan politics. Arizonans expect our leaders to follow that example, set aside political games, work together, make progress, and then get out of the way so we can build better lives for ourselves and our families. Everyday Americans are increasingly left behind by national parties' rigged partisanship. Americans are told we only have two choices. Most Arizonans believe this is a false choice, Democratic or Republican. 
I pledged to be an independent and worked for anyone to achieve lasting results. I committed I would not demonize people I disagreed with, engage in name-calling, or get distracted by political drama. Um, and she goes on and 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 on. That's why I'm joining the growing numbers of Arizonans who reject party politics by declaring independence from the broken partisan system in Washington. I registered as an Arizona independent. So she is no longer a member of the Democratic Party. And people are going to say, Josh, they still have 51. She's with them enough on all the issues that she's going to be practically a Democratic senator. And you're right. But she isn't an independent in the same way that Bernie Sanders is an independent or the same way that Angus King is an independent. She is an independent because she disagrees with the party. And because she believes the party is too far right. Bernie Sanders thinks the party's too far, or too far left, I'm sorry. Bernie thinks the party's too far right. And we need to have a more left-wing party. That's why he's independent, because he doesn't want to be represented by the Democratic Party that isn't far-left communism. So she is not bad. She's not good. She's not going to be the next president. I honestly thought she might be teeing up for a run with Liz Cheney, but I don't see that happening. This isn't bad for America at all. She's going to keep her committee assignments. They're still 51-49. She's not going to be 50-49-1. Uh, She's going to be a Democrat 80% of the time. Probably going to caucus with the Democrats. Nothing changes besides numbers and besides her personal affiliation. And she gets in the news cycle. People are saying on the left, well, this is false advertisement to the voters. She has to resign because she lied to the voters. Or face a, a, a recall, which is stupid. But she is in office. She is an independent now. I don't believe she was ever not an independent. I believe she was always kind of out of the party mainstream. Um, so that's that's where we are. Kirsten Cinema is an independent. If you care about that, um, I frankly don't, but I know a lot of you do, and it's a big news. Um, so I thought I'd mention it here on the program, on the Red Future Radio Network, on GOPJosh.com, on the Conservative Crusader program. Um, I don't remember how to spell her name. I know she posted a clip on Twitter of her leaving. This is a minute a clip from CNN, a cable news network, one minute and two seconds. You're here to make a significant announcement. I've registered as an Arizona independent. I know some people might be a little bit surprised by this, but actually I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, a growing number of Arizonans and people like me just don't feel like we fit neatly into one party's box or the other. And so, like many across the state and the nation, I've decided to leave that partisan process and really just focus on the work that I think matters to Arizona and to our country, which is solving problems and getting things done. So, your voting record is pretty capital D Democratic. I mean, your views are generally that of a moderate centrist Democrat. How does leaving the party change how you do your job? Well, I don't think anything will change about how I do my job. Um, Arizonans sent me to the United States Senate to be an independent voice for our state, and I'll continue doing that. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hi, 
I'm Joseph Bausch, CEO of Hydra Communications and the American Perspective. The American Perspective is a new, trustworthy news and opinion organization with the information that you crave. You should visit americasperspective.us to read the news, our analysis, and watch our great lineup of talk shows. Again, that's americasperspective.us, and I'll see you there. This is The Conservative Crusader. GOPjosh.com, thank you for being here for the last segment of our show. Returning again Wednesday and then Friday, maybe Saturday. We might be changing the schedule again. We you never know. Going into 2022, a lot of things are going to change here on the program. And I thank you all for being here. And if you don't listen to the program again, I want to say this um, first and foremost. Um, thank you for listening because I know a lot of people don't listen every single week and a day. And I, I pray for you, and I, I hope you have a fantastic life, and I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. I just wanted to mention that to all of our listeners who maybe first time listening, maybe last time listening, um, I love you, and um, have a Merry Christmas and a great time of year. Um, yeah, I just want to mention that. I mean, you, you look at the statistics, this time of year is the Spotify wrapped time, and this is kind of inside baseball, where you see how many people just listen at the beginning of the year and then you kind of drop off, or people who, who join in and out. I have some people that listen 100,000 minutes, and I thank you for that. Some people that listen 300 minutes, and I thank you for that. Um, but this may be the last time someone hears my voice on the air. So I want to uh, just say Merry Christmas. Um, hope you have a fantastic new year. And I don't, it's just it's a sentimental time of year, you know. You, you th- give thanks for what you have. You give thanks for what you have had. And it's just a that time of year, you know. I'm sure you all know. But I just wanted to mention that. Um, thank you. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. We're going to be back before Christmas, but uh, I just wanted to say that. Tonight. So Hunter Biden is planning defamation lawsuits against Fox News and Rudy Giuliani. Can we do we have the applause button on this board? Yeah, we have it. Hunter Biden plans defamation lawsuits against Fox News and Giuliani. During a recent meeting with between Hunter Biden, his lawyer, Kevin Morris, Media Matters founder, David Brock and other political operatives, the group discussed the idea of bringing defamation lawsuits against entities such as Fox News and people like Eric Trump and Rudy Giuliani. The meeting took place at Morris's home, and Hunter Biden reportedly briefly called in to join and strategize about those who have accused the younger Biden of using his father's influence to make profitable business deals overseas, stemming reporting, uh, reported uh, the Washington Post on Saturday. Um, the accusations stem from evidence of Hunter Biden's laptop from uh, HE double hockey sticks, in which Republicans in the House of Representatives have said they will investigate. The group also discussed Hunter Biden's former business partner, Tony, uh, Tony Bobolinsky and John Paul May, uh, Mac Isaac, the reputer, computer salesman, repairman who blew the whistle on the laptop. Brock is a liberal activist and founder of the left-wing media watchdog group Media Matters, said they feel like there is a whole counter-narrative missing because of the whole hunter hater narrative out there. What we really got into was more of the meat of it, the meat of what a response would look like. Um, Brock has also created a new group called Facts First uh, USA, which will reportedly focus on fighting the impending GOP investigations by engaging with Hunter Biden and those in his immediate circle. Republicans have telegraphed their plan to use um, congressional control to bombard the Biden administration with investigations, to flood the White House uh, with its subpoenas, and to abuse the extensive tools during congressional oversight to drive the narrative about this Biden administration during the run of the 2024 presidential election. Um, so they're going to try to sue people who speak the truth. That's always, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, my studio is destroying today. <laughs> That's always the take of the left. Destroy, destroy, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> Everything's just destroying, I'm sorry, this is, this is live radio, folks. 
That's always the left's uh, strategy is sue, 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 uh, sue, sue your mind off, sue your, your, your pants off, whatever you want to say. Whatever they want to do, they'll just sue until they get their way. We've seen that in Ohio with the maps. We've seen that in many places. By the way, Ohio passed a bill uh, in the Ohio State House. I believe it passed the House or it passed committee, one of the two. That would make a 60% uh, requirement to pass a constitutional amendment. Um, I don't like that. Uh, uh, and this is kind of off topic and I don't want to bring this up today, but I want to save this for Wednesday, but it just popped in my mind. Um, if we're going to have a ballot initiative, get enough signatures to get on the ballot, why do you need 60% of the people? It's mob rule, of course. Yeah, that's kind of how democracy works, but that's how the Ohio Constitution is structured. It takes 50% of people. You can't just go and amend the Constitution yourself. You need 50 plus one to win, or 50.01. I don't care. And I believe, and I, I, I like people who introduce them, and I'd like to, to have one of them on the program. I try to do that for Friday's show. But I believe this is kind of a way to stop certain citizen initiatives. I hope not. We'll talk about that later. But that's that's how I read it. I'm going to try to get uh, Representative Brian Stewart, who introduced the measure on the program. If we will be able to, that'd be fantastic. We'll try that um, here on the show. Um, but yeah, they're going to try to sue that. Anyways, it's besides the point. And Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, the Mr. Climate Activist, uh, Transportation Secretary, often flies on taxpayer private jets, flight data shows. A Biden cabinet member has taken at least 18 flights on taxpayer-funded jets uh, despite calls to curb carbon emissions. And this is just the hypocritical. I remember posting back in 2020, or 2020, early 2021, when John Kerry was in the administration, or he was a climate czar or whatever he was. I, don't, I haven't heard his name in forever. When he also, I found the file the other day looking through my phone, um, where he also flew on private jets all the time. That's all he did was fly on private jets. To go to conferences complaining about carbon emissions. Now, I'm sorry. I don't know how you can do that. I, I, I try not to be hypocritical. I try not to do and treat others a way I wouldn't be able to be treated. I, I don't try to say things that I'm, I'm going to quit. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. It, it, we've been out for a week. Our studio is just not working for us. This cheap phone thing I got on a shoebox just does not want to hold up. Um, just get across the room. Just go. I, I just... Well, that's broke. That's fantastic. <laughs> this is going off the rails. I got to end the show soon. But uh, Pete Buttigieg flies across the nation on private funded jets. And as I'm looking at the show clock, we are running out of time. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I, I hope you don't uh, forget. <laughs> it's a very canon episode today. A very, a very off the cuff episode. We didn't prepare that much over a week. I, I'm not feeling the greatest still. It's just, we're just a mess. We'll talk about this Pete Buttigieg story on Wednesday. But until then, my friends, my name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Hope you give me some grace for today's terrible episode. And we will be back Wednesday with a brand new episode at 6.05 p.m. live or 8 p.m. on the podcast. GOPjosh.com and stay tuned. Thank you for listening. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 